Welcome to the I Know Women's Voices podcast. Today, I am hoping, hoping to bust a few myths and perceptions about the COVID-19 vaccination, which exist out there and are shared on social media platforms, leaving our communities vulnerable to the virus, resulting in long COVID and possibly hospitalization. To do this, I have invited Nas Khadija, who is a vaccination pharmacist supporting the National Vaccination Programme here in Warsaw, and Dudley. Hi Nas, how are you? I'm well, thank you Aisha, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thank you for joining us and to start us off, can you uh, tell me a little bit about the vaccination programme? Right, so in the UK, we are undertaking a national vaccination programme currently. COVID-19 is a virus, it's swept through the world and we are in the middle of a pandemic. As it is a virus, we know antibiotics do not work. What a vaccine is, a vaccine works with your own body to make a defence mechanism against the effects of the virus. These are called antibodies. This means you are exposed to a vaccine that your body thinks is a virus without actually having the severe symptoms. Your body will then remember this and if it's exposed to the virus after that, it will fight it. A national programme means we can vaccinate all at-risk populations reducing the spread and reducing the chance of the virus causing severe symptoms, which is what leads to hospitalisation, like you quite rightly mentioned. Okay, so in terms of vaccination, is it something that has to be undertaken or do people have a choice? It is absolutely a choice still. The COVID-19 virus is a very contagious virus. The complications can lead to hospitalisation and death in severe cases. Vaccination will not just stop you catching the virus, but it has been shown to reduce the severity of the symptoms and the complications. It is all about having the information and then you make the informed choice and decision. Okay, and also uh, we hear about, you know, the different types of vaccinations. Can you tell us, you know, is there more than one vaccine? I mean, we're aware of the Oxford and the Pfizer, but are they the only two or is there more? Well, currently we have three that are approved in the UK, but in terms of the actual mass vaccination programmes, we're using two currently, which is, as you said, the Pfizer and the Oxford AstraZeneca. And these are the ones being provided. Which one you actually have is based on eligibility. It will depend on your age, any medical conditions, uh, you may have reacted to a vaccine in the past or a medicine and all of these things help make us uh, make a decision a full clinical assessment is conducted before you receive a vaccine and we will always work out which one is the right one for you okay and is one vaccine better than the other good question aisha so all of the medicines in the uk are evaluated before they are used the organisation that does this is called the MHRA, which is the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency. Now the MHRA, they look at all the safety data from the vaccine trials. We have a, They have a look at who should receive the vaccine and who shouldn't. There are restrictions placed on the use of the vaccine to make sure they work as intended. Both the vaccines that we have, in terms of the question you asked, is one better than the other. Both have been evaluated and both work as intended. The vaccines will continue to be monitored while they are being used to see if any information changes. So we just keep gathering the information to decide who will receive which vaccine. And the one that you receive is the best one for you. Okay, thank you. So there are opinions out there that um, normally it takes many years before a medicine is developed. And there's concern that the vaccines have been developed too quickly. Is this true? 
Well, again, an excellent question. All medicines, all vaccines, they go through a process called clinical trials, which have four phases. Now these phases, they can run one after another. This will increase the time it takes for development, or they can run side by side, shortening the development time. With viruses, they change very quickly. These are called mutations. This means that vaccines need to be developed quickly so that the vaccination still looks similar to the actual virus that's circulating. We have flu vaccinations that we develop on an annual basis for the same reason, and this has been successfully delivered as a national flu vaccination programme for a number of years. The vaccine is slightly different every year and is developed every year too. We have experience of developing vaccines quickly. Also, as the pandemic is worldwide, leading scientists and pharmaceutical companies have worked together to ensure safe vaccines were developed and distributed quickly. That's very reassuring to know, Naz. Um, and there's been a lot in the media about side effects. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Okay. Aisha, all medicines and vaccines have possible side effects. The COVID-19 vaccines are no different. From the clinical trials, information is collected regarding the possible side effects, and this is what the MHRA evaluates. Depending on how often side effects occur, they are classed as very common, common, rare, very rare, etc. Some side effects can be predicted from the trials. Some will only become apparent when you use, when you use a vaccine in a wider population. All the vaccines are what we call black triangle medicines, which means they have been actively monitored. So we can collate what the side effects are, the information is gathered, and then decisions are made to see whether the benefit is still outweighing the risk. This might mean that the age range guidance has changed for who can have a vaccine, or we can give more information about what to look for and when to seek medical advice. Being informed is very important because if you know what to look for, then you will know how to manage the side effects and when to seek medical attention. That makes sense. And, you know, if you do experience a side effect, should you report it and who should you report it to? Yes, you should absolutely report it. You can report it back to your um, site that you had the vaccination from. You can report it back to your GP or to your pharmacist who will then collate the information. It's registered on a national database and the information for the side effects is collated and then a decision can be made to see whether anything needs to be done, more information needs to be provided, does a restriction need to be placed on the vaccine. Okay, thank you. And another um, uh, concern that we have from our service users and from women in the community is that there's a belief that you can't have the vaccination if you're pregnant or planning on becoming pregnant. How true is this? When the vaccine was first uh, available, we had very limited information about pregnancy, breastfeeding and its use in preconception. Um, the reason for this is, remember I said about um, having the trials of the vaccine, pregnant and breastfeeding women do not tend to take part in clinical trials. As we have now been vaccinating for several months, we are building up a database of information regarding the safety of the vaccine in pregnancy and in breastfeeding. Now this is worldwide, not just in the UK. But based on a personal choice and assessing the risk versus benefit, a vaccine will be offered. A clinician will always provide you with further information to support your decision making and also when is the right time in your pregnancy to have a vaccine as well. Mm, sure. Um, there seems to be a lot of information out there about the vaccine. And I think one of the things that 
uh, are very important is to make sure that you get the correct information. So if I was looking to uh, get further information about the vaccine, where should I go? What's the most reliable source? There is a lot of information, as you quite rightly said, and we have many different sources. The main sources that you want to look for are government-based sources and NHS-based sources. So always look for the government stamp and government website URLs or NHS ones. This information will be evidence-based, reviewed by experts and specialists. You will be provided with facts only about benefits and possible side effects for you to make a decision. You will not be given an opinion. It will be information-based. You can speak to healthcare professionals like a doctor, a nurse, a pharmacist. They will help you work through any information that you find difficult to understand. Mass vaccination sites and pop-up clinics will be more than happy to discuss any concerns you have. Just please feel free to ask questions. Okay, thank you. And um, and another uh, main um, issue is travel and the fact that it's been curtailed so much in the last year and a half. And now slowly people are, um, well, quite a lot of people got uh, their double vaccination and are looking to travel um, now that flight paths are slowly um, being reinstated. Where is the best place to get information about travel? Uh, yes, the travel list is changing frequently on a daily basis. So your first stop for information for travel is always going to be government websites. These are your most up-to-date resource and it changes on a daily basis. So you must check on a daily basis as well. There's been lots of talk regarding vaccine passports. Uh, you will need to download and set up the NHS app, which is, I must tell you, is different to the Track and Trace app. So uh, this is specifically the NHS app. Once you set this up, your vaccination status will be displayed on here and the information will be collated from the National Immunisation and Vaccination Database. You can download your travel passport from here, but please remember when you do get vaccinated, it takes about two weeks for your information to be fully uploaded, so make your travel plans accordingly as you cannot speed up the interval between the vaccinations and we are following national guidance for the interval to ensure that the most amount of people can get vaccinated. So you must check up-to-date information. Sure, it's really important to check because you don't want to get caught out. Uh, travel is expensive anyway, but at the moment more so, especially with testing, etc. Um, and so uh, coming up to my final question, um, Naz, once a person is vaccinated, is it back to normal for them? Well, we are still at the moment in the pandemic. The virus can still move from person to person and it's still able to mutate as well. So this means that being vaccinated reduces how likely we are to suffer severe symptoms, but we can still spread the virus to vulnerable people. So let's keep life moving. We need to still follow um, trying to be in the fresh air when we meet. We still need to have regular testing in place. We need to still wear possible and we're encouraged to, to wear face coverings. Download the Track and Trace app so we can um, monitor spread and also continue with hand washing, which is we're looking at a minimum of 20 seconds. Um, keep washing frequently and where you're not able to wash to use uh, products like hand sanitizers and also regularly checking check into any venues as well so we can still follow if there is uh, a positive test we can follow the contacts okay for any information that you want regarding COVID-19 please go to gov.uk forward slash coronavirus this is the, your starting point and your best point for information regarding COVID-19 Thanks, Naz. That's very, very 
uh, useful information that you've shared with us today and I'm sure that our listeners will also find it very useful and um, in, if they need to get in touch they can do so because we are part of the COVID-19 Community Champions Programme here in Warsaw and you can contact us on um, 01922644006 or you can find us online at www.inahub.com. Until we meet again, thank you so much.